Thanks for listening to Culture Proof Live. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And we're really excited that you guys have joined us for the live. We want to talk about um, whether or not um, you can expect heaven if you don't believe in hell. And mm-hmm. we're talking about the implications of this. This is not new, um, this this right. teaching of universalism, um, the, the, the gospel of inclusion, as Carlton Pearson called it um, over 20 years ago, is not new, right? It's just an attempt to diminish the efficacy of the cross of Christ and yeah. the efficacy of the blood of Jesus Christ to redeem us and to present us wholly to the Lord uh, to say that everybody gets to go to heaven, mm-hmm. right? Every Everybody gets to spend eternity with God and that there is no hell and that there is no judgment. Now, I want to be fair. Um, you know, we were talking about Tim Mackey. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that he is saying the types of things that no, Carlton Pearson no, no. has I, said. Yeah. Um, but he's not <laughs> far away. Yeah. You know, when yeah. when we refuse to acknowledge hell and judgment, go no, ahead. I'm saying, uh, at least on this on this topic, it, you know, there's some things that are similar. You know, I, I don't know if I would look at Tim Tim Mackey and say, oh, he's a heretic, like, you know, totally, he's off. But the thing is, that's how this stuff starts, mm-hmm. you know, so you just have to be careful. You yeah. know, but I wouldn't say he's where Carlton Pearson is. No. So let me let me also, oh, I want to say also thank you to our premier sponsors, BJU Press Homeschool. Thank you. And want to encourage our listeners to go and check out BJUPressHomeschool.com, BJUPressHomeschool.com. You can homeschool anywhere. Um, we're proof of that. And we're constantly on the go. So <laughs> check them out, BJUPressHomeschool.com. All right. Um, Carlton Pearson is in the news because he is nearing the end of his life. He's 70 years old mm. and um, he has incurable cancer. And so he's he's facing, you know, forever, right? He's, he's facing his imminent death. And I was reading an article and I just thought this was really sad. And I'll tell you why I, I thought it was really sad because I grew up being aware of Carlton Pearson. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, his name, and, and there are some people who would say, well, I'm not familiar with him you would be in the minority. His name, well, it depends on when you came to faith and, and how much right, you knew about, right. you know, Christian community. So I, I, that's fair. But Carlton Pearson had a huge church in the 90s and very early 2000s, um, up until he started preaching a gospel of inclusion, where he says that he believed God spoke to him and said that nobody was going to hell. Nobody was going to hell. That hell was something that people were living through right now. Um, He had a church of about 5,000 to 6,000 people. And that church dwindled down to like nothing. I mean, and look, rightfully so. I'm glad that that the Lord's people were like, uh, no, no, we, we read this Bible that you've been teaching. um, And no. (laughs) Okay. But here he is, he found a home with, you know, the progressive side of Christianity and, um, and he continued teaching this gospel of inclusion and talking about, you know, higher consciousness. I mean, he just really went off and it started with the question of whether or not there was a hell. And so I want to play a clip. This is from um, a few years ago. I want to say maybe around like 2016, and I may be wrong on the date of this, but he's preaching at a liberal church and he is preaching one of his sermons where he says, Basically, there is no hell. And he's preaching about how he came to this position that there isn't a hell. Okay, listen. I had fear and I had agony and I had, I had, uh, I, I questioned God. 
because I was burying so many loved ones, and I thought they were in hell. I had forgotten the power of what I had been taught was redemption and atonement or atonement. What is this? The collective human consciousness around this ideology has produced and reproduced some of the most hideous and heinous earthly expressions and experiences of our species. I've never been freer than I am right now. I really feared God. Fasted two days a week, set aside three days a month for years, all the way through college. Sometimes the fast would go 14 days or 21 days or 30 days or 40 days trying to keep my body in check and trying to make sure I I didn't follow lust and trying to make sure I was holy and that God would like me and would send the anointing. I always knew God loved me. I believed that, but I never thought God liked me because I just couldn't measure up with all of my attempts to do so. And I loved church. This whole thing of hell twisted me up. I couldn't couldn't rationalize the moral... uh, uh, character of God and eternal hell. Now, if hell was just remedial or purgative or corrective, and you kind of went through a little phase, and you, then you ultimately came out and you could live in some peaceful bliss, that would make more sense. You know, people who strongly believe in hell tend to create aspects of it for themselves and for others, including those within the closet proxim- closest proximity to them, beginning with family, beginning with and extending to even complete Strangers, you're going to hell. One of the happiest things I get to do right now is go to public spaces and places all over the world, and I don't judge anybody anymore. I I used to judge and presume all these folks is going to hell. Then I had the guilt. You should pass out a track or have a conversation with them. How dare you enjoy this vacation? How dare you enjoy this yacht, this cruise? This dinner, when all these folks are going to hell in a more reasonable figure. Let me pause him right there for a second because he's going to get too far into it. And there's so much to talk about in what he just said, right? Like, so basically, Carlton Pearson needed a personal reformation. He sounds like, and Mariah brought this up as she was getting this clip for us. She said, he's, he sounds like the like the reformer, like Martin Luther. Like he's, he sounds like the man who needs to know that his sin is forgiven and that the mercy of God is shown to us in Jesus Christ, that you are not earning your salvation. Mm-hmm. Like guys, that's basic, right? And when you don't have a strong understanding of that, when you don't have a biblical understanding of the mercy and the grace of God, that we are now hidden in Christ, that we appropriate his righteousness, and you are doing all of these things and believing that these things justify you, believing that these things make you right or make you likable to God, then of course, eventually you have to create a way not to feel like you're going to be condemned because you're going to miss the mark. (laughs) Right. Because you're because you're not perfect, because you're you're not going to to be perfect. But notice also the progression is. So once I got rid of the idea of judgment and once I got rid of the idea of eternal separation from God and eternal judgment, then I'm free to not judge others. Right. I'm, I'm free to not say that God has a standard of holiness. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's <laughs> it's sad to see, because if you knew how he was before, this is a My total. Goodness total turnaround I, I remember seeing him preach and, and do different things not not in person but on t- on television you know and for for it to be now you, you know there there is no one that's going to hell that type of stuff going on and you can't show me a scripture that says that no you know uh these are all thoughts from his mind yes you know it's not he's yes. not opening up the bible and saying well the, the word says this because he can't say that you Man. know, it's just a sad thing. And he eventually descends into the position of the atheist. Mm. Now, 
you know, while still professing to be a Christian, I think that that is a small amount of insurance that he wants to retain. I, I, I don't know insurance for what. Right. It's just I get a sense of like, this is kind of what I've always been a part of. So I'm going to hold on to being a Christian. But really what everything that he espouses and you're going to go back to the clip here is that he is a is a functional atheist position. Right. That the God of the Bible does not exist. And and he kind of says that, and we've got another clip that we're going to play that the God of the Bible is not real. And he talks about how he once believed in this God, but then listen, as he begins to describe God based on what he reads in scripture. And then he gives some modern psychological terms to define the God of the Bible. Okay, let's go back to it. In practical sense, hell is an experience or feeling of unusually sustained loss, confusion, disorientation, and the illusion of isolation from God or your divine or your better rather than your bitter self. That's hell too. Everybody goes through it. Nobody necessarily goes to it ultimately, lest Christ is a failure. I see no redemptive value or virtue in that, and it seems entirely unreasonable and would only be enacted by a deity who is essentially sociopathic and sadistic. A sociopath is is, uh, is defined as a person with a personality disorder, manifesting itself in extreme antisocial attitudes and behavior and a lack of conscience. Another way of describing it is a personality disorder uh, as a char- characterized by persistent antisocial behavior, impaired empathy and remorse, beha- um, and bold, disinherited, and egotistical. That sounds like Washington to me. This, Wait, pause for a second attitude. there. Do, do you hear? Okay, so man, I'm telling you, this is um, this is demonic. The description there that is coming from him is to describe God in human terms and even to to suggest that God would have something that he would need to feel remorse over. Hmm. That, that God would be, quote unquote, guilty of doing something that he would need to feel sorrow over and then uh, connecting hell or eternal judgment to this this antisocial, egotistical God who, you know, doesn't relate well to others and doesn't have empathy or, you know, can't <laughs> feel remorse over. You don't know who God is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm going to tell you, when I learned about um, Carlton Pearson's gospel of inclusion. It was back in 2004. And I remember, I, I will never forget this. I remember, um, he wrote the book, the gospel of inclusion. And I remember it became like a, a buzz in, 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 in the Christian world. And I remember walking through my home back in 2004. And, um, by the time it reached me, cause I think he wrote the book in 2002. And I remember saying, Oh Lord, Lord, please don't let me ever be self-deceived, Lord. Like, because there are so many people, the Bible is very clear. They will say, Mm. Lord, didn't I do these things? Didn't I do these things? And you've got Carlton Pearson who was preaching the gospel all around the world, who was packing out arenas, hundreds of thousands of people who it, it is, it is amazing to even think of what he did right? And to get to the place where he is now. I mean, man, if if that does not provoke in you an awe and a reverence for the holiness of God, right? 
that that God is not to to be treated um, tritely. Like sometimes we just are, we get so casual with God that you could be sitting in your armchair and you 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 think, well, you know, there is no hell. And then you, and then man, you attach man. that as a statement that God has made to you. These are doctrines of demons. Yes, that's where it comes from. Yes, you know those are the things that we need to take captive. Those thoughts and make them submit to the lordship of Christ. You know, when it does not happen, then you have these new doctrines that come out that are destructive. Yes, yes, absolutely. Let's we can hear a little bit more, and then I, I kind of want to fast forward to where he is now. I was uh, watching a podcast. Um, that he was doing it. I think it's one of the last interviews. I don't know if it's the last interview that he has done, but before that, uh, back to what he was preaching, um, for years. Dude, I, I don't care about anything, only the law. It's more important what Jesus says about God than what the church sometimes says about Jesus. Can you trust God? Hell is what those families are going through who are being divided in this country. Hell is what gay people go through when they are discriminated against, whether it's marriage or buying something in a grocery store. Hell is what people feel when they hate someone else, when they go through divorce and nobody can hurt you or hate you like somebody you love or who loves you. When they go through great loss and sickness and with no cure, can't pay the bills. When they go through racism in their communities or out of it, or when they have family breakdowns, hell is what you go through when you believe in it. When it becomes your article of faith. When you presume that the God you love and who loves you is torturing your favorite uncle because he was an alcoholic. And my favorite uncles were alcoholics because I could get money out of them drunk. If they were sober, they weren't going to give you nothing. But if they were drunk, hey, what you need, son? Get what you want. So I loved them. I kept getting money from them, just a little nickel. A nickel could go a long way back in the 50s and 60s. And, uh, but I loved them. And then they told me Uncle so-and-so died, Uncle so-and-so died. And he went to hell. He died drunk. They found him with ferocious of the liver. They found him laying on his bed or under the bed or out in the car. Uncle so-and-so died. Uncle so-and-so. And I went to all my uncles were dying. All of them had Holy Ghost-filled daddies and moms. And they all grew up in church. But they were dying, so I had to stop and say, something is not working here. Let's rework what we're doing. Einstein said, uh, define. Pause for a second. (laughs) So people are rejecting the grace of God and people are still dying in their sin. So something we are doing isn't working and (laughs) we have to rethink it. So in other words, Carlton Pearson becomes God. Mm. Wow. He becomes yeah. the one, the one with the authority to be able to talk about wh- who can be offended. Notice that as he's describing hell before he gets to this point, notice that hell has everything to do with humans and our interactions with one another. It has mm. nothing to do with offending the holy and righteous eternal one. Mm. Nothing at all. And, and, and by the way, when you remove that offense, when you don't think about who God is and, and the, 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 the wages of sin, right, then you are free to reimagine and to rethink <laughs> what you want things to be. Because I don't want my favorite uncles to go to hell. So it's just easier to not even believe in that. 
guys, the, the problem is, right, this is sort of a slow fade. And these are the kinds of things that in, in you know, different ways, there are variations of it. They're being taught in our churches all across yep. this country. Yep. Like when is, when is the last time you heard a sermon where you were told that sinners needed to repent, that they needed to turn from their sin? That they needed to receive the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. That they needed to accept his sacrifice. When was the last time you heard that? But probably a lot of motivational speeches. Mm. You know, probably a lot of human illustration. But when has the word of God just been taught with the conviction that leads you to like, oh, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner? Yeah. We don't have that. And, and I'm, I would argue that we don't want that. So I want to do this because I, I, I really don't want to run out of time. Mm -hmm. um, his one of his last appearances, one of his last public appearances um, where he's talking about that he's on his way to the next world, you, you know, which is interesting to me because um, he doesn't believe that there is a hell, but there is a heaven that he tells his followers that he will be thinking of them in heaven. So it's amazing how, you know, we believe that there is a blessing and a benefit and a peace for us because we're just so good that we should have an eternity of peace and rest, right? But we cannot reconcile that there would be a place of eternal judgment or torment for those who have rebelled against God and loved that rebellion. All right, so here we go, last clip. What do we want? Do we really believe in heaven or hell or life? Or uh, One of my least favorite scriptures, in fact, my least favorite scripture in the Bible is the sixth chapter of Genesis. Many of you have heard me say it before. It's the words of God recorded, the, the God of the Bible says, my spirit will not always strive with man or with humans, with Adam. Adam, he's the King James says flesh, uh, it translates mortal. He's mortal. Uh, my spirit will not, my essence will not always uh, strive. The word means to umpire or to wrestle or to navigate or to negotiate or to, to uh, call the shots or call the games or, you know, be the captain. That's a little bit discouraging to me because, I mean, it's God talking, the God of the Bible that we've worshipped all these years. I don't believe in that exact God the way I once did, uh, but I still remember that God and uh, have preached in his name, and cast out devils in his name and traveled the planet in his name, stood before crowds as large as 250,000 or twice that many, many in stadiums and things, written 36 books been on hundreds and hundreds of television shows. And um, and now I'm 70 years old. I'm looking back on all of that. And I'm looking at my mortality at a level that I didn't 20 years ago. The, listen, that makes me really sad. Yeah. That makes yeah. me really sad, you know, because I think maybe for people who would not have been familiar with Carlton Pearson, it would just be... Um, you know, another heretic, another person who is teaching and preaching something that isn't true mm -hmm. about God. Um, 
But for me, this is one of those things where I was so thoroughly familiar with his ministry, um, so thoroughly familiar with a lot of people that he sort of introduced to the Christian community, right? Um, and to see him like this in, at, you know, in this state and also without the humility to repent, yeah, like on his deathbed, but still refusing to repent, you know, still kind of finding um, the hubris, the, 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 you know, bigness of his humanity to be able to say, um, I don't believe in that God, you know, um, like I once did. You know, this has come from the God of the Bible or as J.D. pointed out, you know, his least favorite scripture. Like how, you know, how bold a statement is that? Like that you get to, I don't like this scripture, it's probably my least favorite, you know. But all of this points to a rejection of God. It's a rejection of God. And, you know, in the mercy of God, even on his deathbed, Carlton Pearson could repent and turn to the Lord and the Lord would, would forgive him and would receive him. But you see that even in the the um, the rebellion and the hardness of his heart, he will not turn and repent. I was reading um, this Christian Post article here, one of the most recent to come out, and the headline was that um, Carlton Pearson tells his followers that he'll think of them in heaven as rumors of death abound. And what he says is likely his final message to his followers as he battles terminal cancer Former megachurch pastor, Bishop Carlton Pearson, who lost his ministry after he stopped believing in hell, says he will be thinking of them in heaven as rumors of his death abounded on social media. Listen, this is sad. And, you know, I think you go back to the way we started um, this live. You've got Tim Mackey, who, you know, it seems pretty innocent to say, you know, hell is something that we do to each other. And it's bad and we should stop doing it. But the progression of that ends up with making a God in your image, which is what we see in Carlton Pearson. Yeah. And this is a danger, right? Like I think of like as parents, man, we want to make sure that we constantly present to our kids the God of the Bible without apology. Look, there are diff there there are difficult things in scripture for us to be able to wrap our mind around, for us to be able to make sense of and 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 to try to explain it with clarity, especially depending on the age of the child. But one of the things I refuse to do is to apologize for the holiness of God. I refuse to apologize for the character and for the nature of God because he is who he is. He says of himself, I am. Yeah. Right. So so he is who he is. And and this is wonderful. Right. We we don't want to come to a God who is like us. Right. Like he has made us in his image. That doesn't mean we get to turn around and return the favor. Now we can make him in our image. Like now he can be like us, kind like us, where nobody has to be judged for sin. Hmm. Do you understand? I mean, anyway, I, I yeah. could go on just to look at what um, what Satan and his demons have unleashed on this creation. Yeah. To to look at this. Like I was talking to I was talking to the little three today um, during our school time and our devotional time. And I was talking about um the destruction of this world and, and we were reading a Bible passage and um and you know Nathaniel who is nine, Nathaniel was like, wait a minute, God's gonna destroy the world? Like, you know, why why is God gonna destroy the world? And and you know 
you have to repeat these things. You have to make sure that kids understand these things. We've talked about this before, right? The the end of the age, these things have been discussed, but there's sometimes that those scriptures just kind of hit different and we've got to be ready. And so I was talking to him about the destruction and talking to him about the fallenness of this world. The Bible says that it is subjected to futility now, mm. right? Because sin has entered the world and all of it. Like I talked to him about, you know, when we drive along the road and we see animals dead on the side of the road, all of that is a reminder of sin. The fact that we die. That is a reminder of sin, that our bodies get old, that our bodies start to break down. That is a reminder mm. of sin. But God is going to restore all of those things. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. Guys, you can't get excited over that, right? If there's no bad news. Yeah. Yeah. So we want to, we want to clear people, you know, we don't want yeah. them to have any bad <laughs> news. We just want them to have exciting news. Well, in this equation, if you will, the news is only good and exciting because there is also some bad news that you need to be aware of. Person walks up to you and is like, good news, I found your car. And you didn't know your car was missing. Like, <laughs> you're like, my car is in the garage. And they're like, actually, no, no, it's not. One of your kids took it on a joyride. Don't get any ideas, big three. <laughs> so what I'm saying, what I'm, what I'm trying to say here is that we've got to tell people the whole story. Yeah. And and as much as I love, you know, the work that Tim Mackey and his cohorts are doing with the Bible Project, um, you know, they've kind of gone a little soft, yeah. and and you can see it in a lot of their illustrations. Yeah, yeah. And I'd say the the best thing we need to we do need to pray um, that repentance would take place. Thinking about uh, Carlton Pearson, hmm. you know, who's at the end, you know, that he will repent. But someone have a question. Say, can uh, one who knows God, uh, can one who knows God ha has truly walked with Him turn away? Mm, That's a man, great question. That is such a good question. It's like and another lie. Man, I look. I've <laughs> I've I've heard debates on that. I've 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 read on that. And and again, the the people that I trust feel like they have a certain grip on the answer to that because you look in scripture and you see the apostle John talking about these false teachers who he says went out from us because they were not of us. Mm. Right. So, mm -hmm. so they were there and they were doing the things. And then it was made known that they were actually not there because they went out. Um, you've got Jesus who teaches about the wheat and the tares kind of growing up together, together. and that yeah. the Lord is yeah. going to separate mm -hmm. them. Um, but then you you also have the the security of the believer, mm. right? Like that. Look, and and I I hope in that. I hope in the efficacy of the blood of Jesus Christ to keep me. That I'm not keeping myself, right? Yeah. That it is the Lord who yeah. um, preserves me and sustains me and, and holds me in this relationship. Yeah. Um, and but at the same time, at the same time, I, look, I would be dishonest if I didn't tell you that it startles me to to know people even personally to know people yeah. who you thought, man, it really seemed that you had taken knew, hold of that, which had taken God. hold of you yeah. and, and you've, you've abandoned that. And so I don't know, you, you could, it would be easy to just say, Oh, nah, they were never saved, you know, um, rather than to wrestle with people really believing that they had come to Christ and then um, being one of those soils where the word did not get firmly planted. I, I look, I don't know. That's one of those questions that's, that's, that's tough, you know, but I, I do think there's a reality to the scripture that you quoted 
that, you know, if they go out from us, they were not with us, you know. But at the same time, you know, I think about, man, what happened with uh, Ravi Zacharias. Uh, all oh, my goodness. Different ones. You're like, man, yeah. so you're telling me that this person, like, didn't know God at all. Like, there was never a time. And so that's a that's an age-old, I want to say, uh, debate, you know, can someone lose their salvation, yeah. Yeah. you know, or were they not saved? Um, to to begin with, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that I've heard that discussion many, many, many times, you know. But we can only go by what the scriptures say. That I think there are many who they go out from us because they ne- were never yeah. of us, yeah. And so that's that's one thing. But to say that um, someone who like I, I've I, I have people that I I have known, yeah. that I'm like, man, I could have sworn up and down like this is a brother in yeah. Christ. You know, but then you look down the line and they've turned away. So what do you say about that? Yeah. You know, so, yeah, that's. I don't know what what I what I will say, though, is this. There is a comfort in, and I know it's not comforting for the conversation right now. Mm-hmm. But I believe the word of God that the Lord knows those who are his. Amen. I, I believe that. I, I believe, you know, even though we may see things and experience things, you know, we, we tell our kids all the time, like the Lord is not like, you know, so to speak, growing up with us in this time. Right. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's not experiencing things like with us as if it is unknown. Um, the Lord exists outside of time. Mm-hmm. And so the Lord knows the things that we don't know. Right. And so I'm comforted by that. And I, I don't I don't. I know that there are a lot of people who are very um, are very comfortable to say who is and who isn't a Christian simply based on their um, particular church's doctrine, right? right? Like, oh, they're not a believer. They're not, mm-hmm. I, you know. I don't know. Right. I, I'm not mm. comfortable doing that. Right. You know, I I, I want to look at the Word of God. I want to do my best to live the truth of God's Word. Um, I, I want to present myself as a living sacrifice to the Lord. Um, that's that's my reasonable act of worship. And and man, I, I trust the Lord to set the rest of that in order. Look, I was devastated when I learned about Carlton Pearson, and and I remember praying, Lord, keep me. Lord, you know, like just not wanting to have done a bunch of things for the Lord because we were missionaries, Mm -hmm. right? To not have done a bunch of things for the Lord and then like be, you know, drawn away by the the cares of this world. Many shall say. Many, many. (laughs) And so anyway, those things that are written are written for our learning. Bottom line is this. um, The Bible gives us enough scripture to support, mm. right? Or to teach us that there is a place of destruction that awaits the enemies of God. And that place was prepared for Satan and his angels. The Bible is very clear about yeah. that. I don't need to give emphasis by saying Jesus said this because Jesus is a living word. Okay. So all scripture is breathed out by God, but I will say Jesus said that hell is a place that is prepared or that has been prepared for Satan and his angels. But the Bible also gives an indication that it has enlarged itself for those who refuse to turn to the Lord God, right? Mm. So that there is a place, a final judgment for those who reject the sacrifice of the Lord Jesus Christ. In his mercy, God has made a way for us to be redeemed um, and it's available to you. So I think it's important for us to make sure to make that known. And then also to be careful to resist the cultural trends that rival the truth (laughs) so that we can remain culture proof. I know we're going to go out of this live Mm -hmm. um, with Will the Great praying. Lord, we thank you. We praise you, God, for your word. 
And we thank you, God, that we can uh, wrestle with these things, but we can come to you, Holy Spirit, and you show us uh, the meaning of things, that you give us answers. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for the truth of your word, that we uh, have a solid foundation, knowing, God, that your word is true. And so, Lord, I pray for everyone that has listened to this live, oh God, and that you will bless every family, every person, every individual, God, every child. Lord, I pray, Father God, that we would be exactly who you call for us to be, that we'd be students of your word, your word, oh God, and that you would help us, God, in these last days, God, to live for you in a powerful way, God, in a way of trust uh, in you, Father God, trusting in you fully, our full weight down on you. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for all that you're doing in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 We love you, family. Thank yes. y'all so much for joining us. Lord willing, we'll see you back uh, next Tuesday night for another live. God bless.